Good morning to each of you. I've enjoyed being here so far in the singing and hearing each one of you um, and your different perspectives on your inspiration this morning and, and uh, enjoyed hearing um, how uh, God has touched you. And one in particular uh, mentioned about that um, he was thankful for life. And that's something I want to talk about a little bit this morning, um, about choosing life. And you might think, well, um, how am I choosing life? I'm living. Did I have a choice in that? And you might be thinking about, well, maybe we're talking about pro-life. Um, maybe it's about abortion. Maybe it's about... Um, health and wealth, or some healing campaign, or something like that. Maybe it's suicide prevention, um, trying to tell someone to choose life instead of death. Um, incidentally, there's about a million babies that are killed every year in the U.S. as a result of abortion. And worldwide, there's about 703,000 suicides, and it's estimated that there's about 20 um, suicide attempts for every successful one. So um, I think that would be some worthy things to talk about. Um, but really, do we have the capacity to choose life? Um, is that something we can choose? You know, we can't choose our family. We can't choose the country we're born in. We can't choose the religious setting that we're in um, or we're raised in. We can't choose our economic background. We can't choose our ethnicity. So it might seem a little bit audacious to say that we can choose life. <clears throat> Doesn't seem maybe that we had a choice. And maybe it's just a matter of not choosing death that we have life. So, who might it be appropriate to, to say, to tell, choose life? So obviously a mother that is considering abortion, um, to tell her to choose life, that would, that would be fitting. Or maybe it is someone that's considering jumping off a bridge to their death below, that would be fitting as well. Or maybe it's someone that's seriously depressed and has no hope in life. I think it would be fitting there as well. Maybe it's someone that's at a crossroad deciding whether to choose pleasure and sin or eternal life. Or maybe it's a resolve that we need to make every day our own self to choose life. You can turn with me to Deuteronomy 30. These words, choose life, are in this passage here. We're going to read a few verses in Deuteronomy 30. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 30, starting at verse 11, says, For this commandment which, we, which I command thee this day, it is not hid from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us? 
that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou mayest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil. In that command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over Jordan to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So kind of a few key words that I see in here um, is um, life and death, Blessing and cursing. Uh, Life and good. Life being synonymous with good. And death being synonymous with evil. So, life and death. It compares and contrasts them. Or contrasts them. um, Like, blessing, and cursing. So, life corresponds with blessing Cursing corresponds with death. And um, obviously, the phrase in there, choose life. So what is life? Um, Life is good. Life is blessing. Life is length of days is another phrase it has in there. Or maybe we could say eternal life. Then we have death. What is death? Death is evil. Death is cursing, and it's perishing. So, sometimes we talk about life-giving words, or um, maybe a feeling or experience was life-giving. And what are we talking about there? I think we're talking about it felt good, uh, we were blessed by it, um, and we felt maybe invigorated. So, Life-giving words are those words that inspire, those words that um, give um, life to other individuals. So John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So here we're talking about life again. And it's, we're talking about abundant life. So it's not just life. It's not just choosing life, but it's an abundant life. Um, so we were talking about 
um, evil and cursing. Um, it says the thief, which I believe is talking about the devil, is coming as uh, is, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So a few more kind of synonyms or uh, things that um, correspond with death. But then things that correspond with life is abundance. And so what does abundant life mean? Well, maybe you heard the term living life to the fullest. Uh, Maybe it's living passionately. Maybe it's living meaningfully, having a meaningful life. What does it mean to, to live a meaningful life? Well, I think it means putting the same amount of value um, on yourself and the things that you do as God does. Um, God sees us as meaningful. God has a, a purpose and a plan for each of us. Um, but what are some meaningful things to do? What are, what are the meaningful things that, that we need to do? Well, maybe it's right things or righteousness um, that are the most meaningful things to do. Man yearns to have significance or meaning in his life. And what better way to do that than to do things that are, are of high value, of high significance, things that God, the creator of all the earth, places a high value on. <clears throat> uh, Victor Frankl, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, says there's a strong relationship between meaninglessness and criminal behaviors, addictions, and depressions. Without meaning, people fill the void with hedonistic pleasures, power, materialism, hatred, boredom, neurotic obsessions, and compulsions. Some may also strive for supermeaning, the ultimate meaning in life, a, a spiritual kind of meaning that depends solely on a greater power outside of personal or external control. So there's many things that we can search for meaning in life. Uh, we can fill our life with lots of things. And in a sense, that does provide meaning. It gives us a full life. Um, but there's always an end in all of those things. You will, at some point in your life, realize the futility of placing your meaning um, in any one given thing here on this earth. So he says the supra-meaning, or the ultimate meaning, is a spiritual kind of meaning. So seeking and pursuing spiritual things, um, seeking um, God and the meaning that he ultimately, his plan, his will, the ultimate meaning for our life, the, the one that created us. So spiritual meaning, spiritual life, what does that mean? What does it mean to, to have spiritual life or pursue a spiritual life? So just like in the physical world, um, someone that's, um, has physical life is conscious they're aware 
of their surroundings, the physical surroundings around them. Same in the spiritual life. You're aware spiritually. You're aware of the spiritual world. Um, you have your mind focused on spiritual things. <clears throat> you need to see with spiritual eyes and have spiritual understanding. Jesus talks about numerous times um, that um, about having eyes but not seeing and ears but not hearing. And he wasn't talking about the physical world. He was talking about the spiritual world. You know, we, he talked a lot in parables. And um, those things were difficult for a lot of people to see and understand because they were not pursuing spiritual things and weren't pursuing God uh, enough to be able to see with those eyes and being enlightened in the spiritual their spiritual man being enlightened enough to be able to see and to hear in a spiritual way. Someone said, Holy Spirit produces holiness in us through the ministry of teaching, reminding, convicting us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So it's the Holy Spirit, that light, that spiritual life, um, that comes to us through the Holy Spirit, I believe, in a lot of ways, um, is reminding us and convicting us and teaching us. Um, so being open to that, we only need to be open to that and allow it. Um, it's too easy at times to be surrounded and um, involved in the things of this physical world that drown out the actual um, spiritual life. <clears throat> Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So here, again, spiritual um, mindedness has to do with life and peace. So just um, thinking a little more about uh, what all a spiritual life entails. Um, a spiritual person's life, we know, will be characterized by the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And those are things I think we know don't just automatically come. You know, we might be naturally uh, one more than the other, but they don't just naturally um, become a part of us, but it has to do with us pursuing that spiritual life, um, seeking the Spirit of God, seeking uh, spiritual things, reading His Word, and praying, and so forth. There's um, in First John. I'd just like to read a few verses there, or sorry, it's John, John one. Start with verse one. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, uh, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life." was the light of men and the light shines in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it there was a man sent from God whose name was John this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light 
that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into this into the world. So, kind of uh, light and life is somewhat synonymous there. It says the light was the light of men. So there's, I believe, what it's talking about here is a spiritual life, a light that's coming in. Men was men were not. Um, it's it said they resisted it or they didn't comprehend it, and so it had to come in actual physical form um, in order to to bring that light and to bring that life. So there's something about life, choosing a life that is spiritual and that um, that works out in our day, day-to-day today. It's not necessarily a physical life, um, but it's a spiritual life that is... Um, that we do life-giving things. <clears throat> Another few verses I'd like to read. Some of my, a couple of my favorite verses uh, is in Second Corinthians four. There's a couple of verses there. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handing the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so I, I just see that as a beautiful picture of, of the, the life that God beams into our hearts. And I don't... And when I was talking earlier about um, the Holy Spirit uh, teaching, reminding, and convicting, um, I believe that's very much that light that beams into our hearts. And I believe we can identify, probably all identify, those times of, of um, feeling that light beaming into our hearts, feeling the, the overwhelming um, that God, God is here teaching, reminding, maybe convicting at times the, uh, the things that we have done and need to do in our lives. Okay, I'd like to talk a little bit about eternal life yet. So, when we talk about eternal life, that's living forever, it's a little difficult for us to um, understand that because... Um, everything we know here dies, and it's hard for us to imagine um, what it'd be like. We, we, um, everything has an end, and we number everything according to maybe how long it has lived, or, or uh, yeah, to live forever. Uh, it's just something it's difficult for us to comprehend. But I believe a lot of this life that is talked about is also um, 
understood as life forever. So how does that, how does that come about? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So everlasting life um, in compared, compared to what? Um, well, death. Um, when we look at um, a lot of the, the things that talk about the opposite, uh, we looked at um, in Deuteronomy 30 there where it talks about death and perishing. Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure if I should say this, but <laughs> it's uh, something I took, an idea that I toy with sometimes, kind of the traditional idea of, of hell and death is that it's a forever burning in a lake of fire. But when we look at a lot of, at a lot of, a lot of the terminology in the Bible in relation to um, the opposite of eternal life, it's, it's things like perishing, being consumed, um, and destroyed. And so um, what does that mean? Is that, is that burning forever in hell? Or is there um, a consuming? Um, I'll let that up for those of you that are inquisitive enough to continue pursuing that. <clears throat> so we're talking about eternal life, though. Um, John 17, 3 says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou, thou hast sent. So knowing God is part of this eternal life. We access this eternal, eternal life by knowing God. How do we know him? Well, it's through the spiritual life we've been talking about, um, and it's through reading his word, understanding more about, about him. Romans 6.23 is, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, death being on the one side, eternal life in accepting Jesus Christ. Another thing I kind of found a little interesting. So you might remember the tree of, of, uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil and also the tree of life. So Adam and Eve um, took of the tree of knowledge and good, of good and evil. And so they, in a sense, became as God because they understood good and evil. So verse in Genesis 3.22, it says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So God was saying, what do we do if um, man takes of that tree also and lives forever? Well, we know what happened. Adam and Eve were ushered out of the Garden of Eden, and it was protected. And going to Revelation 
so what, yeah, what happened to that tree? Well, Revelation 2, 7 says, And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise. So we know that the tree of life is in the midst of paradise. Revelation 22 says, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they might have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. So is this part of that process? Do we actually take part in that tree of life, eat of the fruit of the tree of life, and that's what actually gives us that eternal life? I don't know. Revelation 22.2 says, In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. So just, just the leaves itself gave healing. And I'm not sure what's referring to healing uh, of the nations. Um, I don't know that there'll be nations in, in heaven. Um, but maybe, yeah, depending what your theology is of, of what all that, that uh, looks like, uh, what heaven might be like. But the tree's leaves give healing, and the fruit gives eternal life. So we hear in this, there's, I don't think there's any one of us that don't want to live. There's just something inbuilt in each of us that want to live. Now, um, you might say, well, I'd love to live here on this earth so much. I'm not sure I'm looking forward to heaven enough. Like, I, I, I want to live. I want, and you think about um, leaving this earth, you think about death and dying, and, and you really don't want to die. Well, I believe that's kind of beside the point. We want to live, and we want to live now, and if we happen to die, we want to continue to live, right? We want eternal life. We want to live forever. That's just something that's, that's built with inside of us. It's core. So do you want that life? How do you get that life? We talked about that, the spiritual life, doing the, the will of God, doing his commandments. <clears throat> so choose life, not just physical life, but spiritual life, eternal life, abundant life. Choose it every day. This is the most meaningful thing you will ever do. You are worthy of it. God said so. God expects it of you. He wants you to choose this. And your whole being yearns for it. So, choose life. Let's uh, stand for a word of prayer.